you think you know what we're going to talk about. And welcome back to Three Fates Decide. It just sounds more dramatic that way. All right, so this week we are going to be talking about... But just when you least expect it, we changed the game. One Will Smith slapped Chris Rock. I mean, we always celebrated Easter. Harry Potter the Half-Blood Prince. So we're going to do another free talk, freestyle thing. No planned discussion. At the end of the day, only one thing matters. We decide. We're going to hit the, the main highlights. That is the thing that we were saying back in that episode. Quick recap. Three Fates Decide podcast. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Three Fates Decide. My name is Liz, and I'm with my two co-hosts, Mary and Sam. Hey. Hello. So, tonight's episode, we will be talking about the Batman. Okay, granted, this movie's been out for, you know, like, at least four or five months as of the date we are recording this episode, but, you know, eventually we're going to get to it. So... Uh, we're going to discuss like our general opinions about this movie and um, uh, what we think of it. So, what did you guys think of it? <laughs> Is the question. I liked it. I mean, I, I don't think it was the best Batman movie out there, but I, I did enjoy it. I liked it. There's a few things I have nitpicky about, and... I think it's mostly casting-wise, but overall, the movie was good, but I honestly went into the movie without high expectations anyway, so it, it didn't disappoint me, but it didn't wow me either, if that makes any sense. Oh, yeah, yeah. For me, it's along pretty similar lines to Sam. Overall, I liked it. Like, I particularly liked the really interesting take they did with the villains to make them more realistic um, and not cartoonish. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Now, I'm not saying that, like, I hated, you know, Danny DeVito's Penguin. I thought that was very good. But, you know, there was that element of cartoonishness to it. And, oh my god, the Riddler. (laughs) The Schumacher uh riddler was really cartoonish like oh yes yes i i will say i did like this this riddler this this riddler was probably i i hesitate to use the term chef's kiss but he was almost chef's kiss in the the way he was portrayed the way they portrayed him the actor and everything it's just Mm -hmm. it, it was really good so much more believable and better that was one of the that was one of the major highlights of the movie for me Oh, yeah, absolutely. It's like, this Riddler, you can genuinely believe that this Riddler is, like, dangerous. Okay? Yeah. I mean, which isn't to say that, you know, Jim Carrey's Riddler isn't obviously dangerous as well, because, I mean, he is a criminal, and he does... So, yeah, with Jim Carrey's Riddler, it's like... You know, obviously, because, you know, he is a villain, you know, you do expect him to be pretty, you know, formidable and dangerous. But with this Riddler, you really feel like this guy is really dangerous and you genuinely 
start feeling kind of anxious about like, oh my God, what is he going to do this time? Who is his next target? What's his deal? And what makes him so dangerous is the fact that like you turn on the news and you hear about guys kind of like this guy. <laughs> you know, it's almost ripped from the headlines, except with more, you know, puzzles and things going on, which is, you know, the dangerous element to this character. Yeah. Yeah. Should we do a brief summary of the movie? Yeah. You know, obviously, spoiler alerts. So, so I'm just going to read the Wikipedia thing about it. That works. So, Gotham City Mayor Don Mitchell Jr. is murdered by the Riddler, who is a masked killer in this movie. Reclusive billionaire Bruce Wayne, who has operated for two years as a vigilante Batman, investigates the murder alongside Gotham City Police Department. Lieutenant James Gordon discovers a message that the Riddler left for Batman. The following night, the Riddler kills the commissioner message for Batman. Uh, Batman and Gordon discover that the Riddler left a thumb drive in Mitchell's car containing images of Mitchell with a woman at the Iceberg Lounge, which is a nightclub operated by the Penguin, who is the mobster's like lieutenant or whatever. Penguin says that he's innocent, and that's when Batman kind of meets Selina Kyle, who is Anika's roommate, um, who also works at the club. Can we find out his Catwoman? Yes. Um, when Anika disappeared, um, Selena kind of, you know, wants to help find her or whatever. Batman sends her back into the Iceberg Lounge, quote-unquote undercover, basically, to try and find answers. And discovers that at a lot of uh, district, like the district attorney and, and a lot of other high officials are under uh, Carmen Falcone, who's the mobster, under his payroll. Just basically how Riddler's getting his his uh, people. That's who he's choosing. His name is Gil Coulson. The Riddler abducts Coulson, straps a timed collar bomb on his neck, and sends him in to interrupt the commissioner's funeral. Uh, when Batman arrives, the Riddler calls him via Coulson's phone and threatens to detonate the bomb if Coulson cannot answer three riddles. Coulson refuses to answer the third. The name of the informant who gave the police department information that led to a historic drug bust ending uh, Maroney and other mobsters operation and he dies. Batman and Gordon deduce that the informant may be the penguin and track him into a huge drug deal. They discover that Maroney's operation transferred to Falcone and that many uh, corrupt officers are involved. Selena inadvertently exposes them when she arrives to steal money and discovers Anika's corpse in the trunk of a car. And after a car chase, Batman captures the penguin but learns he's not the informant. They follow the Riddler's trail to the ruins of an orphanage funded by Bruce's dead parents, where they learn that the Riddler holds a grudge against the Wayne family. Bruce's butler, Alfred, is hospitalized after opening a letter bomb addressed to Bruce. The Riddler leaks evidence that Thomas, who was running for mayor before he was murdered, hired Falcone to kill a journalist for threatening to reveal details about Martha and her family's history of mental illness. That's uh, Bruce's parents. 
Bruce, who grew up believing his father was morally upstanding, confronts Alfred, who maintains that his father only asked Falcone to threaten the journalist into silence. Uh, his father planned to turn himself and Falcone over to the police once he found out that Falcone murdered the journalist instead. Alfred believes that Falcone had Bruce's parents killed to prevent this. I feel like the, the Wayne family always has to be involved in some way. Yes. Selena reveals to Batman that Falcone is her neglectful father. She decides to kill him after learning that he strangled Anika because uh, she was told that Falcone was the informant. Batman and Gordon arrive in time to stop her, but the Riddler kills Falcone as he's being arrested. The Riddler is unmasked as a forensic accountant, Edward Nashton, and is incarcerated in Arkham State Hospital, where he tells Batman he took inspiration from him when targeting the corrupt. Batman learns that Nashton has stationed car bombs around Gotham and cultivated an online following that plans to assassinate Mayor-elect Bella Riel. The bombs destroy the seawall around Gotham and flood the city. Nashton's followers attempt to kill the uh, Mayor-elect, but is stopped by Batman and Selina. In the aftermath, Nashton befriends another inmate, while Selina deems Gotham beyond saving and leaves. Batman aids in recovery efforts and vows to inspire hope in Gotham. And, and that is the Batman. That is the Batman. But I, what I kind of liked and like reading this with Wikipedia is this did kind of go more into how Batman is is more than just like a you know crime fighting vigilante or whatever. Like he was a like he's a detective. He really goes into you know, details as to figuring out clues and stuff like that. And they really focus that a lot in this. And it says that they actually drew a lot of inspiration from Alfred Hitchcock films. Yeah, I kind of agree. I like that aspect about the movie is that you really feel like you're watching, like, not just another superhero movie, but it's like a detective story that happens to be uh, a superhero character who is the detective. One thing I surprisingly kind of liked about it was that, like, he didn't immediately figure out about the bombs right away because the bombs go off a few seconds after he finally pieced together, like, what the heck was going on. And he, you know, even um, Riddler himself was, like, kind of disappointed that Batman didn't figure out sooner that he was planning to do this final plot at the end because he was, like, expecting that his great adversary is like a lot smarter than you know he seems to be and it's like kind of disappointing to him which i appreciate that you know it just makes batman in a way more human where like he's not this perfect superhero character who like immediately saves the day every single time i agree mm -hmm. okay so we'll go into the cast and then we can uh, hear what mary Mary's uh you said a lot of it was was casting that you didn't like so we'll we'll, we'll go through that well I I think we can figure out the, the the main casting issue I had yes and we're gonna do that first so uh, Robert Pattinson as Bruce Wayne and Batman I personally thought he did very well as Batman Bruce Wayne was a little too dark for my taste I mean I get it like Bruce Wayne is a very dark character but it's like it's so different from how every other Bruce Wayne was portrayed. So, you know, but I thought as Batman, 
he did very well. That that's my own personal opinion. Yeah, I n- no offense to Robert Pattinson, good actor. No, I, I just don't know that this necessarily was the right role for him in my from in my eyes for my opinion. I just don't think he had the same je ne sais quoi that other actors have had in the role. I mean, personally for me, I grew up with Michael Keaton as Batman. So that is always going to be high level. Nobody's ever going to be Michael Keaton as Batman ever for me. Yep. He, 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 he was number one. He was absolutely perfect in the role. I enjoyed Christian Bale as Batman. I enjoyed it. I, I will say Robert Pattinson did do better than Ben Affleck. I was gonna ask you, like, please tell me you at least thought he did better than Ben Affleck because yes, Ben Affleck was like is like bottom of the barrel. And yeah. the, he's bottom of the barrel. He's below the barrel. Well, yes, and then Robert Pattinson, for me personally, is like right there. He's like he's above. He and he, I mean, he's a good bit above Ben Affleck. <laughs> But just I, I don't necessarily know. I think it might be because he look he still to me looks too young mm-hmm. for the role of Batman and for what I, I guess that that was my that's my thing. I, I guess I see Batman more of a man in his late thirties, early forties that kind of that looks more mature. And to me, Robert Pattinson does not look that mature still. But that's just my take on it. That's just me. Mm-hmm. Like overall, like my opinion about Robert was a bit similar again to Sam's take on it was um, I thought he did pretty good as Batman, but I also agree like his Bruce was like the thing with Batman has always been like he makes his persona as Batman very different from Bruce. Right. And it's like you don't quite feel the separation as much. I mean, you get a tiny bit, but, you know, he's still way too broody as Bruce to make you believe that, you know, he's this... I mean, granted, he is, like, kind of uh, isolating himself a bit from society in this version, but still, you know, it's almost hard to believe that, like, he's, you know, capable of being a charming person when he has to be. Right. Well, right, like, even, like, when he walked into, like, the funeral scene or whatever, like, if I was in there, I'd be like, dude, this is totally Batman. Like, just... Yeah. <laughs> he just looks so dark and, like, mysterious. Yeah. He he did not have the same affable personality that Bruce Wayne should have, being the philanthropist billionaire playboy that he is. Are you confusing him with Tony Stark? No, but at the same time, he kind of... <laughs> I mean, if you think about it, if you, yeah. I mean, look at Michael Keaton's Batman. He was a very, I mean, his, his Bruce Wayne portrayal was a very, you liked him. You liked right. Bruce. And even Christian Bale, you liked Bruce. Even though Bruce was an asshole, you still liked Bruce. Right. Robert Pattinson, I didn't like Bruce and I didn't like Batman. I like, I didn't like either one. <laughs> Just like, you, you made a character that is supposed to be likable, unlikable. Yeah. For me. I mean, I'm guessing it's just because it's supposed to be so dark, you know? And it's like I was reading a review and it says, like, this movie definitely isn't for everybody. So it's like, I guess it just depends on that, you know? Like, what kind of Bruce, what kind of Batman 
because I do think that Batman needs to be dark. You know, like obviously, and even Bruce needs to be dark. Maybe not as as dark and somber as as Robert made him, but like, I mean, Batman definitely has some psychological issues. Yes, and you know all that, but yes, you still want to root for him, obviously. Right. Because the other thing I took into consideration is that this version of Batman is apparently at the start of his career, if you will, as Batman. Because I, because from what I remember reading, I think they loosely based this movie on um, what was it like year one, year yeah, two, year one, or something the like long that. Halloween and ego. Right, so it's meant to be like more towards the beginning of Bruce's career, like if you want to call it that, as Batman. So you do get kind of a feeling that like he was still in a way trying to figure out how to be Batman Mm -hmm. in a sense, because like he's still establishing his reputation among the criminal underworld to be a figure to be feared and that was a thing that came up in this movie is that you know especially when the riddler is like trying to say like how he was inspired by batman's pursuit of justice against lowlifes who the police you know in the justice system in gotham was not doing enough against and towards the end of it that's when like he's starting to realize that you know, obviously the Riddler chose to do what he did, but at the same time, he becomes more cognizant of the fact that, well, if this one guy can come out and say that, oh, I kind of got inspired by what you're doing, and in turn he was inspiring other people to do stuff he was doing, then like, you know, maybe he needs to rethink a little bit about what exactly is the Batman supposed to be about. So. Right. Which is why, like, I was more willing to give Robert's interpretation of Batman, like, more of a chance overall. So, but again, that's my opinion, so. Yeah, I mean, and all of our opinions are valid. We don't all, we can't all like the same stuff all the time, so. Yeah. I just, personally, for me, I was not crazy about this Batman, about that, they, they, casting for this batman but that's that's just me i mean overall the film was still good i mean i still enjoyed the film i'll put it to you this way he is above george clooney and well above ben affleck playing batman so that that (laughs) that should tell you where he about where he sits so he's like in the middle yeah he's about in the middle i mean he's not the worst one i've ever seen but he's not he he's not high level michael gaten i'm sorry I'm sorry. I grew up with Michael Keaton. That was one of my first crushes as a kid for an actor. Don't ask me why. <laughs> Batman of all people, but it was. I was like, that's nah, no, nah, it's okay. Cause like, I, I do know somebody at work. I, I have conversations with her about, you know, some of the nerdier stuff. Um, if we both happen to have watched the same things or whatever, and she kind of agrees with you, Mary, about how like, she wasn't really big on Robert's interpretation. And in fact, like mm-hmm. she and her husband weren't super big on the movie in general, if I remember correctly. Like they didn't hate it, but they were like not as into it, especially because of Robert. Yeah, there's only one other one, one other actor, and it's an actress that I was not 
crazy about. And it has nothing to do with her acting. It's just I don't think this was the role for her. And Zoe Kravitz. Yeah. And I like Zoe Kravitz. I've seen her in several other things. And I enjoy her acting. I just don't think the role of Selena Kyle was for her, personally. We're just on opposite sides of the spectrum today, Mary. I know. Which is okay. I know. Not allowed. I don't know. I think, I, I guess it's because Michelle Pfeiffer was, was the original Catwoman to me. Right. So. But, like, the way that I'm, I'm, I'm thinking about it, again, it's, like, a different version of it. Because, like, I'm with you. Like, I'm... Michael Keaton Batman and like you know those Batman movies but they're so different as as Liz as you mentioned they're very cartoonish in that regard though I did love Michelle Pfeiffer as as Catwoman but I did like the way Zoe Kravitz played this where she's you know she even like she even described the character she's a mysterious character with unclear motives you know you don't really know why she does the things that she does she just does them but at the same time root for her you know I just thought she did a a very good job especially you know at the end when she wants to kill Falcone and she's kind of going through that whole thing and you kind of see her fighting with herself like almost like should she do this or whatever and like so I I thought she did a good job but again it's it is a different version of Catwoman Selena Kyle but even like Anne Hathaway that was a different version of it I do think she did better than Anne Hathaway, too, so I, I will give her that much. Yeah, I, I think she did better than Anne Hathaway. I don't know. She's missing something. Yeah, yeah. That was not the role for Anne Hathaway at all. And I mean, I enjoy it, and I like Anne Hathaway. But, yeah. oh, girl, that was that was not the role for you. Yeah, but I thought Zoe mm. brought an, an element of mystery to Selena and Catwoman, where, like, Michelle Pfeiffer, you knew what her issue is, you know? Like, she was all about revenge. Yeah. Which is fine. And she put, I mean, that was, she did freaking amazing, and I loved her. I love Batman Returns. Like, the whole film was, like, phenomenal. So, like, I, mm-hmm. I'm with you on that. I just thought Zoe brought, again, with the darker version of the film, she just brought a, a, something a little bit different to Catwoman. It's like, you know, that whole character that I, I enjoyed. Yeah. I, I, I don't know. Th- those are just my two big gripes. I think no, of the I whole movie. It. I get it. So that's the problem with, with making movies based off the same characters. You know? Over and over and over again. Right. So you, get, so you get attached to people a that version. Just perfectly. Yeah, you know, you get atta- you yeah. get attached to a certain version of it, and mm-hmm. then they redo it, and it's like, well, why when this one was fine, you know? Like, and it's like we talked about last week, like it's mm-hmm. the remakes that were never asked for. Like, they need to stop yeah. with the Batman movies at this point. Like, it's done, it's over. Yeah, I. I but I did hear a rumor. I don't they're know how a second true, true one. the rumor is. Yeah, I think well, no, they're making a second one, but who are they possibly getting to play the Joker? I thought they already said who was playing the Joker. Did they? Wouldn't they be having the same actor, or are they going to recast it? Well, we don't know who the actor is that was playing the Joker, though. Really, they didn't really give you a hint as who the, as who, to who the actor was that's playing him in the in the last scene. No, I think the director actually revealed it. Oh, did he? Well, okay. Like, there's an interview, well, okay, he confirmed that the mystery patient 
is the Joker, you know, that scene. And I think uh, they did give a credit to the actor playing him, but they didn't, I don't think they listed him as actually the Joker. They just list him as, you know, inmate or something like that. So you kind of piece together who it is, you know. I don't want to mess up how to pronounce his name because he's he has like a you know Irish last name. I don't want to screw it up, but basically it's the same actor who plays Druig in the Eternals. That guy, he plays the Joker in in the scene, and I'm assuming as of right now, unless they later announce changes in the casting, that he is going to play the Joker in a sequel for the time being. But again, this is just my assumption. I don't know for a fact that that's the case. So, what did you think of Zoe, though, Liz? I didn't love her, but I didn't hate her either. Mm-hmm. I I do think that given the take they're doing on the character, you know, she definitely works. She definitely works pretty well portraying like this mysterious woman where you don't like you were saying before like you don't quite know what her deal is and you never fully understand why she does what she does but yet you know especially towards the end you really sympathize with why she in particularly hates falcone and she wants to get revenge against him you get what her beef is with the guy you know, and given how she ultimately chose to leave Gotham, it, it almost makes me wonder, like, you know, what happens to her afterwards or if she will ever be motivated to come back for any reason. I mean, again, we don't know. But my thing with these superhero movies is that if the character didn't die on screen, <laughs> there's always a possibility they'll come back. Right. <laughs> That's just how it is. <laughs> Uh, moving on, so we have Paul Dano as Edward Nashton, or also known as the Riddler, which I know we said before he did a fantastic job. Yes, yes, yeah. I, I believe he would. He he was definitely better than Jim Carrey. Right, and and again, and as it's like you said, Jim Carrey played Riddler very cartoonish, very out there, very like, you know, he wasn't. Which is on theme, though, for who Jim Carrey is as a comedian slash comedic actor. Also, I feel, and I'm, I can't believe I'm drawing a blank as to who directed those films. It was Schumacher. Yeah. The early films? No, the, uh, well, okay. So, the Keaton movies. No, it was Joel Schumacher. It was Joel Schumacher. He's the one who, would direct, he directed Batman Forever. Um, who, who, let me see. Um. Tim Burton. Thank you. Like, what the heck? The key movies, it was Tim Burton. Yes. And then after Tim Burton was not directing the other ones, that was when Schumacher took over. Right. And he made, and I just felt like he, he kind of wanted to play off of Tim Burton, you know, and make it. But I just feel like the whole, with Batman Forever, like, even even though I thought Tommy Lee Jones was fantastic as Two-Face, like again, two very everything was very cartoonish. Like Jim Carrey's Riddler, I wasn't scared of him. You know, like I wasn't. I thought he was hilarious. You know, and and it's like this guy. He was like that was a, a he was scary. Like as you said, he's very realistic as to how things are. And and so I thought you know where 
uh, like Jim Carrey's Riddler, while I loved it, get me wrong, I don't see that ever playing out in real life. This guy, I, I see that playing out in real life. Right, because like I said earlier, it's like, you know, you watch your nightly news or whatever, and you hear about like, oh, there's this serial killer, there's, you know, this terrorist making all these videos and threats online, and they plan this bomb and, you know, whatever. You can recognize those people in this version of the Riddler, and it's like, that just makes him more scary because you do know for a fact that there are real life people just like him. <laughs> that That's where the believability of how threatening this guy is really amps up for you as you watch all the different events in the movie happen. I mean, and this kind of a character, it really forces Batman to really be a detective trying to figure out who exactly this guy is, what is he planning next, and try to stop him before more people get hurt. And the crazy thing is, is that what makes this character also, you know, so realistic as well is the fact that, like, he's able to get followers to join him because as terrible as what he's doing actually is, some of the rationale he comes with, you actually understand how that could actually appeal to people because who is not frustrated that corruption is running rampant in your city or your state or whatever, and it feels like it's a never-ending cycle of corruption and nothing ever changes? You appeal to people's sense of frustration that this cycle is like a hamster wheel of corruption and there's like no end to it almost, that you want to do something to change it. And it just so happens that you have a character like the Riddler in this, in this movie who's deciding that I'm going to choose violence today. And I'm going to choose violence for the next few weeks and months until either things really do change or I get captured. And that's just what makes this guy dangerous on top of the fact that he's planning all these plots against his targets. I can't think of anything else to add about the Riddler. Uh, anything on your end, Mary? I just, I, I, I really do like the way he, the, the, the direction he took the Riddler in. And I even looked up just to see like the top 10 Riddler actors. He's number two on the list. Huh. Who's number one then? His name is Corey Michael Smith. And he played uh, the Riddler in the Gotham series. Huh. I never actually watched that show. I watched like the first season, I think. How was it? It wasn't bad. I just never got into the. I never watched the rest of the seasons, though. I me always meant to, but I just never got around to watching them. But the first season wasn't bad. It, it was... It was interesting. It was a definitely a different take on it. Hmm. It might have, maybe if I'd actually finished watching all of the Gotham series, it would have made me appreciate, or I shouldn't say appreciate, but maybe enjoy this Batman movie slightly better because it is very, very dark. And the Gotham series was a darker series. Hmm. So, yeah. yeah. I guess one last thing before uh, we, like, change characters, what we can talk about. I thought it was really interesting how they used the Zodiac Killer as, like, one influence on the take 
they decided to do with the Riddler in this movie, which I mean, like, you know, it makes a lot of sense to use him as like one of the inspirations and models for it. But yeah, I mean, you can totally see like how they included like elements of like other serial killers and domestic terrorists as influences on how they portray this character. And I I will put some high hopes that whatever sequel they're planning, they're going to be thoughtful about how they portray whichever, well, I mean, at this point, we're pretty much assuming that it's going to be the Joker, but we're just hoping that like this version of the Joker will also be really thought out as to, you know, how to make him realistic, which isn't to say that, you know, Heath Ledger's Joker was unrealistic, but it would be more interesting to see like kind of some of the more psychological things about these villains, about why they are doing what they're doing. Mm -hmm. Which kind of fits with like more modern interpretations of like how people look at the comics themselves, you know, like for Batman's rogues gallery about like how the different villains have Aside from the fact they have their themes of what kind of crimes they're doing and their their gimmick, if you will, but there's like a psychological background to why they're behaving the way they do. And I'm hoping, and again, I'm hoping for the Joker they they go that route as well. So, what do you think of this James Gordon, Jeffrey Wright? Jeffrey Wright, I you want to know what I liked about it? Again, it's it's a different trail. Because, again, as you mentioned, like, this is kind of toward, like, the beginning of Batman being Batman, right? So, like, James Gordon was low on the totem pole as, like, a detective, you know? Like, he, in in all the other ones, he was either just about to become commissioner or was commissioner or whatever. So, I thought what I liked about it was how he, it, it showed you know, where he was on the totem pole, you know, like he was getting yelled at, why are you bringing Batman here, blah, 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 like, tell like he wasn't in charge. But I thought Jeffrey Wright did very well as James Gordon. I like him as an actor. I think he he does a great job in, in a lot of his, his different roles, but I, I, I just thought he he did very well in this. Okay, that's where I recognize him from. I was like, I knew I recognized this actor from something <laughs> else I've watched. Oh yeah, he 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 was in um, the Hunger Games. Yes, Beatty. Yes, I was like, I recognize this actor. Where the hell do I recognize him from? It's just like, like driving me nuts. Yeah, I mean, was he the best commissioner? Uh, commissioner Gordon. Wow, was he the best James Gordon? I, again, each Gordon that we've seen so far has been different. I thought he did well. Yeah, but I I I liked him. I, I didn't have any complaints about him. I didn't have any complaints about him. Yeah. I mean, I genuinely can believe him as like a an honest detective, um, an honest officer who really is trying to figure out who this guy is and trying to stop him before he, more people get hurt. And he does want to clean things up to the absolute best of his ability. And mm-hmm. You also genuinely believe that he is a very smart guy who also has strong instincts about like what he thinks could be going on. And you also can believe that he's pretty open to whatever makes sense 
whatever you have to do to figure it out. And he's willing to work whatever partner, if you will, who can make it happen. Because whatever tools in the box you need to work with to get the job done, you're going to use it. So even if he has to go against a lot of his colleagues and work with this mysterious vigilante guy who wears a bat suit. Yep. And then we have John Totoro as Falcone. Thought it was an interesting choice, but I thought he did well. Yeah, I was okay with it. He he's he's the type of guy he literally can do a whole like he could be hilarious in comedies or like ridiculously like dark and like serious in others. Like he's such a well rounded actor that I feel like doesn't get the credit that he really deserves in all honesty. But I thought he did very well with Falcone. The the funny thing with Falcone in this movie is that like when you first meet him, he seems to be like a relatively laid back guy yeah. almost. Like you almost it's it's almost hard to believe that he's this scary mob boss. And it's not until like you get towards the end of the movie that you really see like why people are so scared of this guy because he has that initial front, I guess you could say, where like he's this cool laid back guy oh the gracious host that oh you know welcome to my humble abode and we're all here to have a good time and then until you cross him and then that's when (laughs) the knives come out right so you mentioned peter sarsgaard as gil colson but that was such a tiny role we don't necessarily have to go into that but yeah andy circus as alfred pennyworth which Another hopper from Marvel to DC. I guess everyone kind of does that. But he did get killed off in Marvel. So, I mean, interesting. Yeah. Alfred. Yeah, but I I believed it. Come a long way. Yeah. I believed it. Yeah. If I remember correctly, I think it was kind of brought up in the movie how, like, I think this Alfred did teach Bruce... Not all of his skills, but, you know, some of it. And you you kind of believe it with this version of Alfred. Yeah, because it's like he has a military background and... Yeah. Also, he, yeah, also he's not like this old man. Right. <laughs> you know. Yeah. Guys at least middle age, you can honestly believe that he was in the military at some point and he taught his uh, boss slash... You know, pupil. Yeah, pupil thing or two about how to look after yourself. So, and then Colin Farrell as Oswald Copperpotter, the penguin. First of all, that the prosthetics on that man's face, I didn't even know it was him. I didn't either until I had to look it up. I was like, because it said Colin Farrell. I was like, who the hell's Colin Farrell playing? And I kept looking for it throughout the entire film. And I'm like, where is he? I mean, like, it was so good. (laughs) It was. He was unrecognizable. And the fact that he used it, that he didn't have his normal Irish accent. And it was a completely, like, neutral American accent. Completely changed his voice. And I'm like, I had no clue. I was just like, oh, Penguin's good. No. Like, and then it's like Colin Farrell. What? Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
I think it would be interesting if in this sequel they're working on, they bring him back. Yeah. Uh, along with the uh, Joker. Ooh, Penguin and Joker. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because really he wasn't, I mean, obviously he's not a good guy, but like he wasn't the villain. He was just kind of there. Yeah, I mean, you know, now that Falcone is gone, you know, as as often happens in, you know, the underworld stuff, somebody's going to take over, so. Right. Right, and and they had uh, Penguin as, like, his right-hand man, so, like, that's who, yeah, maybe. Maybe, maybe. Yeah, actually, I remember, like, a few, was it a few weeks ago or maybe a month or two ago, but I remember reading that there are actually talks about doing like a mini series or a limited series on this version of the penguin with Colin Farrell coming back doing it. So which could be interesting. Though I'm not sure if that is still gonna go through given the recent merger, I think, of HBO Max and Discovery. So I don't know how that's gonna affect things. Yeah. Yeah, Mary, you almost got to see Michael Keaton as Batman again. Hey, I would have been I would have been all for it. Yeah, that just it just sucks. Like I get it. And you know, in like some way, shape, or form, it's like you no know, cost, whatever, but it's like it was already made. And yes, it went well over budget. But they're just gonna write it off. It sucked. Oh, um Oh yeah, actually, um we should explain to our listeners who may or may not be the types who are following, you know, entertainment news. As of this recording, very recently it was announced that HBO Max and Discovery Plus were going to merge into one single streaming platform. Um, This is also part of, like, just in general, Warner Brothers' overall plan to reorganize and rehaul their budget and also the release schedules of some of their movies. In fact, they also recently announced that the upcoming Batgirl movie that they were planning to release is not going to be released. It's going to be shelved. And as Sam started mentioning, like they're going to write off the loss, the expenses as a loss on their books. So, yeah, because it's like I read somewhere that like their budget was like twenty million or thirty million. They went over budget. They it cost about ninety million to make it. So either they just don't have that much faith that they'll make up the cost. Plus, they haven't even finished editing it and stuff like that. So I'm sure, you know, they're still going to be paying that off. Plus, then they have to market and all that stuff. They probably don't feel like they don't think they're going to make up the cost. So they'd rather just write it off and it, keep it moving. Which unfortunately. Sometimes happens. I, it just it sucks for obviously everyone involved, the actors, because they had, were done filming. Filming was done. It was now they were in post production, but they had already gone well over budget, and they weren't even completed with the film. So it still was going to cost more money, and then having to do test runs, and then maybe edit again, and then market for the movie and all that stuff. I don't even. <laughs> probably was just going to cost way more than it would ever make in the theaters. At least they feel that way. So they figured they'd cut their losses. It just sucks. You know, I just can't help but feel bad. Right. 
had a great cast. As I mentioned, Michael Keaton was slated to play Batman again. And yeah, they did announce that The Flash is going to be out. So, you know, hey, get rid of one and, and you keep another that, uh, I, I don't know. We already talked about it. And I think everyone at this point knows how I feel. I have lost faith in DC or in uh, Warner Brothers, excuse me, in Warner Brothers. So... Yeah, I think we've all lost faith in Warner Brothers at this point because, I mean, the last few years of their management has just been, has shown that they do not know what they're doing a lot of times. Right. And just to add to it, it it made me laugh when I was reading the other day in my uh, inbox because, like, I may have mentioned this before, uh, listeners, but I do subscribe to newsletters from the three major entertainment news sites. Variety, Hollywood Reporter, and Deadline. So I literally was smirking a little bit when I was actually reading this article that popped up in my inbox saying how, like, basically Warner Brothers is going to be adapting a similar strategy to what Disney and Marvel have been doing for the MCU. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Going forward for the DCEU. I mean, it's hilarious to me that they've decided now, after Disney's made tons and tons of money off of the MCU that finally they're going to do a similar strategy as them. Can't beat them, join them. No. Yeah, but I feel it's too little too late for DC. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, out of the three of us, I'm the one who probably has seen the least uh, number of of these DC movies, so I can't really speak about whether I think the movies overall are good or bad or in the middle or middling. But it's pretty obvious uh, in terms of like box office takes, Disney and Marvel are clearly winning. I mean, obviously there are certain movies that DC produced that were, that did very, very well, of course. But, you know, overall, they're winning a lot. They're pretty far ahead towards the the gold medal position here. So, yeah. So at the same time, and I mean not to go into this too much more, but you know, at the same time, Marvel is starting to, from based on what a lot of you know, like I've noticed a, a difference. I feel like the the past year hasn't been to the same caliber as previous years, and I don't know if it's just burnout from everything, you know, because it was just one after the other after the other after the other. Like, a lot of people are, like, getting tired of Marvel. So, honestly, DC doing this, it might go into their favor. It might be too little too late. But if they could produce really good films, then they would put themselves in a good position to actually be almost better than Marvel. Because Marvel, like I said, this past year, two years, really, ever after Endgame, really, it it's just hasn't been the same. You know, like, I feel like everything, and again, it might just be that it's just burnout, you know, mm-hmm. like, it's funny, like, at Comic-Con hearing that they're, you know, they talk about the next two phases, and I'm like, God, we're not done yet. Like, <laughs> I don't want anything else to be done. <laughs> yeah. Although I am interested in, in seeing how... Yeah. uh with Sam Wilson does his uh, I mean Anthony Mackie does yeah does his Captain America so I am very interested in seeing that right so that's the only thing that's really keeping me hanging on to the 
to the MCU is because I really want to see Anthony Mackie come into his own as Captain America. I'm excited for him. Yeah. Yeah, we'll apologize, listeners, that we kind of dived into a little MCU talk. But, you know, it, this is just the natural direction of conversation. Sorry about that. But, yeah, I mean, I mean, who knows? Maybe, but you know, maybe these two studios will get their acts together and give their fans the quality stuff that they're asking for. I mean, I'm... Okay, I know, you know, out of the three of us, Mary is, like, like I know you, you didn't hate the movie, but you weren't, like, as into it as, like, me and Sam are. But I'm kind of hoping that this movie is going to be an indicator of what DC and Warner Brothers can produce movie-wise going forward, you know? Because there were a lot of good things about this movie that we all agree were good about this movie. So, I mean, let's just hope that, the you know, at least some of the upcoming movies that they finally release are going to be yeah. better. We can only hope that. Let's, let's just hope yeah. that the restructuring does lead to better content. Yep. I agree. I agree. Thanks for listening, everyone. Catch us next time. And see what we're going to talk about. Because the three fates decide.